This episode of the Muse Pod addresses body positivity, health and wellness, body neutrality, and our experiences with these terms as students. With that, we would like to issue a trigger warning. We also discuss disordered eating, diet culture, and body dysmorphia. Join the discussion on Twitter at Muse Magazine or at MuseMagazine.com. Thank you. Welcome back to this episode of the Muse Podcast. My name is Trish and I'm the online director for this year. My name is Claudia and I am the online intern for this year. And my name is Jane and I'm the editor-in-chief of Muse. So for this podcast, we are going to be talking about body positivity to connect with our mental health week. This kind of got inspired because of a comment made by a professional trainer and celebrity trainer from The Biggest Loser, Jillian Michaels, talking about Lizzo's weight on Good Morning America. So she was talking about like Lizzo's music and Lizzo, as I'm sure I don't need to state for the people listening to this podcast because she is a sensation, um, is really body positive. And Jillian Michaels said, why are we celebrating her, Lizzo's body? Why does it matter? Why are we celebrating her music? Because it isn't gonna be awesome if she gets diabetes. I'm just being honest. Like I love her music, my kid loves her music, but there's never a moment where I'm like, I'm so glad she's overweight. Like, why do I even care? What is it, why is it my job to care about her weight? So that got a lot of pushback, kind of every from everywhere, because the conversation became like, you can't judge a person's health by looking at them. And like, there was all these tweets that I saw that were like, I get winded like walking up the stairs and Lizzo does like a full three hour long concert with like a flute break and <laughs> dancing the whole time. So like clearly her like health isn't something that we need to be concerned about. And I feel like this also just connects into like a way larger conversation about like the bias that we see against people of a larger size and why it exists. So I wanted to kind of bring that to this podcast and discuss as students um, the connection between like body positivity and health and wellness and like balancing that as a student and as a woman on campus. I love that. My perspective on a lot of this is just the idea of body neutrality. Having come from being an athlete to then being a model to then being a normal university student, I have thought about my body in many, many different ways and hated it so much. And now I just don't even want to think about it. Mm-hmm. I've gotten to the point where as an athlete, I just wanted my body to do things for me. Mm-hmm. Like I wanted to like jump higher, run faster, hit harder. And I wanted to be like the best volleyball player there was out there. And so that's all I wanted and cared about my body. And I didn't really necessarily care about the like shape of it because I was so enamored with the fact that it had to like function really well for me. And then when I went into modeling, it was just all about how it looked like. And then that's when I really fell into the trap of comparing to other people. And that's when my body image got really negative because I was just like, that person's thighs are thinner than mine, you know, and they photograph better. So I have to, they should be smaller. And because I was in such a visual industry and my livelihood was based on what I looked like, it was just always very, very negative, which then in turn came with a lot of like mental health issues. And for a while I was like very healthy, but then it took a turn where I was very unhealthy. And then if people saw me, they're like, oh, well she works out all the time and she eats salad, so she must be healthy. But there was a lot of calorie restrictions. There was a lot of overworking out. There was just like a lot of hatred. And so I really don't feel like I was healthy at all. I got to the point, and I think this is like how I recovered from an eating disorder. It was like, I just don't want to think about my body and what it looks like Mm -hmm. and care about it so much because it just wasn't a good way to live. 
while I understand body positivity and like this like idea of loving yourself where it is like I just want to not think about it because the stress of thinking about my body all the time constantly was so disheartening and like feeling like I had to love myself even though I hated myself was honestly a bigger feat than just like not thinking about it so when I go to the gym I just want to like feel good because I went to the gym yeah I think I've had like a personal experience where I was wasting so much time and energy worrying about um like what I was eating for lunch and dinner and breakfast and what activity I was getting in during the day and I was actually losing friends at the time like I was not myself and it was so visible to everyone around me um and I guess this kind of ties into I don't mean to generalize but from my own personal experience I think that a lot of um distorted eating problems in young women like start at a really young age Mm -hmm. and we base it off like like our logic behind the idea of having a good body is related to just being skinny. And we put it in this mindset of like, okay, so if I have less food, that means less calories, that means less fat. When in reality, like after being treated, I was taught like calories are a unit of energy. Calories let your body like live and do what it's supposed to do. It lets you move. Not eating actually makes you retain fat and you're not going to be, you're not going to end up looking the way you want to by going this route. And I think that um, this immature view of health, uh, when it comes on too early, it puts people, it put myself in like a mindset for a really long time and I needed to be guided in a more positive way saying, working out, just don't work out to look a certain way, work out to get the endorphins and to like feel good and see what your body can do and like what you're capable of because that's going to get you, I guess, in this body positivity mindset rather than like not having breakfast. You know what I mean? Like there's, I think this immature definition of what's healthy um, comes on really early. That all connects back to diet culture. So this is actually a quote that I found from this book called The Anti-Diet, which is really great. And we're going to link it in the show notes and also have some other resources that we'll talk about later down there as well. Um, and this is a quote saying 68% of Americans have dieted at some point in their lives, but upwards of 90% of people who intentionally lose weight gain it back within five years. As many as 66% of people who embark on weight loss efforts end up gaining more weight than they had lost. And if dieting is so clearly ineffective, why are we so obsessed with it? And the culprit is diet culture, which is a system of beliefs that equates thinness to health and moral virtue, promotes weight loss as a means of attaining higher status, and demonizes certain ways of eating while elevating others. It's sexist, racist, and classist, yet this way of thinking about food and bodies is so embedded in the fabric of our society that it can be hard to recognize. It masquerades as health, wellness, and fitness, and for some, it is all-consuming. And that's, like, the saddest part of it to me is that it does masquerade as, like, health, wellness, and fitness. Like, Um, I, like, as a kid, like, as a teenager, went on a couple of, like, really long canoe trips. I went on a 36-day one at 15 and a 50-day one at 16. We were doing, like, an insane amount of physical activity every single day. Like, we were, you know, portaging and carrying boats and carrying packs and wanigans and everything else. And I had friends that were still connecting back to the food that we were eating, which was a lot of carbs and a lot of rice because carbs are also things that give you energy. They are a calorie that you need to use, like, to eat to fuel your body. And they were like throwing stuff into the woods. They had, they struggled with disordered eating. It made me question the way that I was eating on the trip. And like, should I be eating this stuff? If I want to like lose weight, if I want to get this trip body, that's going to look amazing. And at the same time, like we were becoming super, super fit and celebrating becoming so fit and so strong. And look what my body can do. Look what I can do. 
but it was at the expense of like losing weight is the goal here. I think this kind of also uh, goes back to like, like being open about it with friends and also talking about what Jane said about like, I just don't want to think about it anymore. Um, still like to this day, I find even if we're talking about body positivity and we're talking about like a movement that's, you know, meant to up like lift people up and stuff, I still can get uncomfortable just about the topic mm-hmm. of it. Do you know what I mean? And it's always like uncomfortable for me when I see a friend of mine making the decisions that I used to make when I was not educated about like the reality of the situation mm-hmm. and I'm in no place well I don't think I'm in any place um, because I wouldn't like it if someone did this to me but put like tell them the honest truth and be like you know mm-hmm. skipping breakfast is actually like worse for you yeah and it's whatever and I just don't think that I'm I mean I want to be helpful to my friends but I, I still get like uncomfortable when things like that come up and I honestly I guess I'm just younger or whatever but I couldn't imagine being on a canoe trip and like these side comments like I even for girls that might like just like the triggering yeah and so yes like girls like we're you know like there are those people that are invested in this movement we're helping each other Mm -hmm. I do think there's like still so many triggers and this like side effect to this movement which like it sucks for the people that are getting the negative effect of it. Yeah, Yeah. and I feel like it is an uncomfortable subject to talk about, and part of that is when someone brings it up, you don't want to be like, oh, I also have done those things, and like I feel Mm -hmm. that way too, because the idea is that like the perfect person doesn't have to think about that. Like They're just living their life as like a skinny, fit, healthy person, and so I think even when you try to have those conversations with your friends and you're like, you know, I'm struggling with this and whatever, like people don't want to talk about it. No. And it's really hard to get like that body positivity support because then it's also one of those things that they talk about when you learn about eating disorders from like a psychological point of view is that you're not supposed to comment on the body because if you compliment being like, oh, you're looking so good right now, they're gonna take that as, oh, the behaviors that I'm doing are working, I'm gonna continue. And if you tell them that they look bad, then they're like, oh my God, I have to do more. And then those behaviors continue. So it's kind of like a really awkward subject to just even bring up if you're struggling um, or if you see someone with like behaviors that you can tell are struggling. People in life, I think it's common to have um, an interesting relationship with food. I'm not gonna say bad because some people it's, it's interesting. We don't always have a great relationship with food. Um, not all of us do and I think that it's different for everybody and I've been in a situation where people have been really open about it and open about how they don't eat as much as they'd want to and stuff and I just remember that when I was in this position I was so ashamed and I would not share with anybody and I just did not want people to know that I was weak in that way I guess so it, it always interested me of the people that were open about it and did want to share that like as if it was like a good quality of their personality or like their life and mm-hmm. yeah I think every, I think it is different for everybody and everyone has a different um, relationship with this kind of thing but that always interested me I was I was never that person that was open about yeah. that kind of stuff you know? I was very like I think even still like, it's something very uncomfortable because it's also a lot of people will now tell me being like oh yeah like when I see pictures of you modeling and like it scares me but at the time I got such positive feedback and I actually felt like people treated me better 
and were a lot nicer to me. So it like feeds into this weird negative mindset that like societal standards made me more accepted when I was thinner than I am now. Mm-hmm. And then, but when you get this feedback from like close friends, from family, even to like some of my guy friends being like, oh my God, like that you were almost like unattractive because you were so skinny. It makes me feel uncomfortable because I'm like, well, I, I still don't like my body now. So yeah. like, what what are you saying? Like, is where's where's the good area? Because I was now too skinny, but now yeah. I feel too big. And like, where do I exist? And because I don't think I'm overweight in any way, but I also yeah. think I have, you know, things to work on. So it's just, it's something that's so uncomfortable and so personal. And I feel like it's just something you can't talk about because you just don't, like, I don't want any type of response from people which is why I'm like I just don't want to talk about it yeah and doesn't that suck so much how like it's a little bit like what do you want from me like you you had people had these comments when I looked like that people had this comment like these comments when I look like this now like can everyone just shut up like I don't like you know what I mean like it's just not your body and I think that's like the whole thing that I have with like the Lizzo Jillian Michaels thing um is because I'm like you don't know what the frick that Lizzo is doing like she's obviously working out a lot because she has to sustain just a certain amount of like physical exertion yeah constantly yeah and like the girl is dancing I don't know if you've seen her performances but she's like dancing and then playing the flute like that's a thing that you need a lot of lung Lung capacity for like Like, you don't you don't know what she's doing just because of like her you know phenotype currently is like not the U.S. size too doesn't mean that she's not a healthy person. But then you go and do you want her to Adele herself, which is a new term I'm coining. I was actually going to Which is Adele, yeah. who I don't know if you saw her when she released her first album, which I think was 19. Yeah. Like you know, definitely not necessarily like our our standard of beauty. And then at 21, have lost a bunch of weight, and then at 25, clearly like got thinner. And then now everyone's like, like skinny shaming her. Yeah. She lost so much weight. But I'm like, well, when you look at it from, you know, a long-term point of view, like she's on, like she is she 30 now? Like she's yeah, she's getting close. Or getting like close. close to it, yeah. Like she's been doing this for like 10 years. She probably like from the time she was 19 was like, this is a lot. I'm in the public eye constantly, maybe making lifestyle changes. And then over a long-term time, could have had this weight loss done healthily because if you see the progression, it does, you know, seem like it's just been something that she's incorporating in. But you know, you can't just take someone's now and be like they're not doing it right because they don't yeah. look like what they could in seven years' time. And also, again, it connects back to what you were saying. Like, so we're really going to shame a 19-year-old for looking the way that they did at 19. And, and then like, why and, are we and, shaming and her why, now? Yeah, then why are we shaming her now? It's like why okay, did we people... shame her so much? And then she gave you what you what everyone was like. She needs to be skinny. She needs to be skinny. She yeah. looks fantastic, and everyone's like, she's too skinny. Yeah, and then it's also it just connects into the fact of like, yeah, it's like, the, what do you want from me? What do you want from this person? Like in terms of like, would you want everybody to look like a fucking Kardashian? Because like we can also get into the plastic surgery conversation here of like the influencers that we see, the bodies that we see, the body types that we see that like are becoming so popular. Like everybody wants like that slim, thick, like big butt, big thighs, tiny waist, no stomach, huge boobs, like le- like look. And like, you, do you really think that Khloe Kardashian is sitting there drinking fucking flat tummy tea? Do you really think that she's doing that? Or do you think that she has a nutritionist and, fi- and five dietitians and multiple personal trainers and plastic surgery to make that happen? And like, I'm not trying to plastic surgery shame anybody here. Like, it's not about that. People get plastic surgery for a lot of reasons. And frankly, again, if we're talking about body neutrality, I don't want to care about like what other people are doing to their to their faces, to their bodies, whatever. 
and a lot of the times it makes people feel very confident and they like it a lot. What I'm saying is, is that like that standard of beauty has been made completely unachievable by the falseness of that advertising of like, I made my body look like this through X and we know that it can't be that way. Uh, and honestly, the people that you see on Instagram, I like cannot reiterate this enough. And a lot of this came from like my experience modeling. What you see on Instagram isn't real, right? Mm -hmm. One, we all know that we take 100 photos and we pick the best one, right? So there's like 99 other photos that the person doesn't Didn't look like that, right? <laughs> okay, start there. Two, you have Facetune. Yeah. Right? Like, you're kidding yourself if you think your friends and the celebrities like don't Facetune. It is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. It happens. So, again, their body might not look like that. Their face might not look like that. Their skin tone might not look like that. Three, the modeling industry. I loved it, it was a great experience. I'm not trying to bite the hand that fed me, but there was many times I know many girls who were 15 and 16 and they were getting their lips plumped, they were getting nose jobs, they were working out with, I worked out with a personal trainer to like mm. shape my body a certain way. They're not, many of them are not healthy. Some of my roommates were doing a lot of drugs. Like it's not a pretty industry to be in. No, again, it's and about it's, that, like, there's a false advertising thing there. I've, I have seen photos of myself where I don't look like myself. That must be so... It's, it's almost weird. uncomfortable. Like, Because I, someone photoshopped me to look, to look differently than I am, and I was the model, right? Yeah. And, like, people were getting nose jobs, and no one was talking about it. But it was just, like, this, you know, ominous threat that, like, well, you won't go to New York unless you get something done. And what are you going to no. do? You're 16, you're trying to make money. Like, my roommate was from Russia, got kicked out of her, her house at 13 and was like, go make a life for yourself. Yeah. So what is she supposed to do? If your agency is like, you won't work unless you do this, you do what you have to do. So again, what you see on Instagram and who you're comparing yourself to, especially celebrities who have the means to like make themselves look a certain way, it's so not real. Mm -hmm. And it's so nice to like come out of that world and see normal people and be like, oh my god, it's not real Because you can get really sucked into it and it's so heartbreaking to see um, And I like stumbled across last year because these two youtubers were like really popping off And it's this youtuber Sierra Schultz and another one called Carrie Dayton and they are amazing and, I'm, and I will link them below because I think that they're really great and Carrie Dayton was the first person ever to say in a video of talking about mid-sized bodies. And that whole fucking term just changed my life because she was like, I am between a size like 10, 12, 14. These are the sizes I fit into. And it's not plus size, it's not under, it's not like straight size, which is what like normal sizing is. It's called straight size and not petite. It's like somewhere in the middle. So like trying to find clothes that fit my body are difficult. She like did all these videos where she would go into stores and try on clothes and like film herself trying on these clothes and being like, yeah, like this is this pair of jeans is a size 32 and fits me perfectly. This pair of jeans is a size 32 and I get can't get it past my knees. Sizing is bullshit. Everything you know is like concocted to make you feel a certain way, like specifically as a woman. And again, like Claudia made like a very good point about like there are of course men that struggle with like body yeah. dysmorphia and, and eating and disordered eating and need body positivity and body love and body neutrality as well, but we as three women are speaking on our experiences as women. It's just crazy to think that like, that was the first time that I'd seen a body that looked kind of sort of like mine, like shape-wise, because like I'm a white woman, I see myself <laughs> reflected in media quite often, but like shape-wise, talking about something that like I've experienced, like standing in the dressing room being like, what the fuck is up with this sizing? Like, why is this happening right now? Yeah. Like, and I'm, I'm gonna be honest with the whole Jillian Michaels thing, like, 
I do want to look at her and be like, you bitch. But at the same <laughs> time, <laughs> this woman's career, her job is so built off, like, look at the show she ran, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she, her life, her career is very much built off um, classic, you need to go on a jog to be healthy, like that kind of thing, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, budget, athletic, whatever, nutrition, she's lived that way for so long. Maybe some people are not used to the fact that this is, like Lizzo was out there in this world living and doing her thing, and now she's on stage doing it. Yeah. I don't think anything should change. Mm -hmm. So Jillian Michaels, from like the way that, I don't mean to judge her, but from what I perceive, like the way that she's lived her life, this is shocking to her, and she yeah. sounded ignorant, but I yeah. don't want to blame her because like, if I was so, I feel bad. Like if I was so caught up in that mentality, yeah. I would not be as accepting yeah. and sucks for her. I hope she can, I hope she can like get on another level <laughs> from this experience. Yeah. It's so interesting that we all shop at the same stores and we all look at the same images, but the range in humans, mm -hmm. just in the way that we, I guess, develop is so large that it's, almost laughable that we're asked to shop at the same stores yeah. and like have a standard size and all aspire to one thing mm -hmm. because like th we're all so unique and it's so different and it's almost so beautiful to see just like the different breeds of people and like knowing that just because I'm six feet doesn't make me any less than like not pretty or like have to strive for something different than someone who's like five foot. Yeah, 100%. And I think that that's something to be celebrated. Like, I think that that's what the body positivity, like, term should generally be, is that it's like, all bodies are good bodies. Like, all bodies are good bodies because they're yours and because they can be celebrated. You can be famous and well-known and an influence to others not looking like you are starving. Do you know what I mean? Like, there are now people out there who, can help you, like who can help give you advice, who are your journey, who you look up to, who you follow on Instagram, that are no longer all the same Type carbon copies. Yeah. Carbon, yeah. There's a, like there's new resources out there, and I'm I'm happy that like I mean obviously there's work to be done, and there's still a lot of issues, but just like that step in itself is yeah. Like you huge. don't have to starve yourself to be successful. You don't have to starve exactly. yourself to be loved. Like you don't have to starve yourself because you think that's like how you will get validation yeah. as a human. And there's yeah. some evidence You don't out have there. to like gorge on everything. Like you just have to find what works for you and what makes you feel good physically. Yeah. Whether that's like working out all the time, maybe that's like going to a yoga class once a week. Maybe you're just, you know, a walker. Like physical yeah. activity is good for you. So I would definitely recommend doing it, but yeah. you don't have to yeah. do it to become skinny with like a means to And end. I think take also just like, I guess my final piece of advice is like what I strive to do and what I don't do a great job at, but I try, is take everything um, influencers say or Instagram, because you can't be like, oh, go off Instagram, it's like bad for you. No, I'm not saying that. I just mean, yeah. take what people say with a grain of salt. Take advice, but don't apply it to your life so strictly. If someone is working out six times a week, that does not mean you have to work out six times a week. Exactly what Jane said, find what like, find your thing and yeah. your definition of healthy. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, don't go to the hospital because you're having, like, chips at every meal. But I mean, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. find your own definition of healthy so that you're not going to be stressed striving to be someone else's. Exactly. 
And I think that we can end it there. So do we want to mention the resources? Yes. Yeah. So I have some resources that I would like to, that I'm going to include in the show notes. Um, the She's All Fat podcast is really, really good. It is two ladies talking about um, being fat in society and reclaiming that term and what that means to be reflected in media and in Instagram and in influencer culture. And they are wonderful. They're really cool. Um, body positivity YouTubers, Sierra Schultz and Carrie Dayton are really, really amazing um, in terms of talking about that mid-size range and just being kind of real women doing real things. Um, the article, Everything You Know About Obesity is Wrong, which I thought was like ground shaking because it just talks about that idea of you, you, like health at every size and you can't judge a person's health by like their size and by looking at them. And of course the book Anti-Diet, which is specifically about diet culture and reclaiming intuitive eating and kind of the same thing that Claudia was saying of being healthy for you uh, and not trying to enforce someone else's version of health on yourself. So... Thank you for listening. Remember to subscribe to our monthly podcast on whatever platform you listen on. Keep updated with all our content and events by visiting muse-magazine.com, following us on Instagram at musexqueens, or like us on Facebook at museatqueens. Until next time, yours creatively.